0: Good morning. Um, my name is Joel and I'm privileged to be the pastor here at Elim Aberystwyth. Um, if you're here for the first time, if uh, you weren't here at the beginning of the service as well, then a very warm welcome to you. Thank you so much for joining us. We're privileged that you've chosen to spend um, a couple of hours with us this morning. Uh, slightly less than a couple of hours. Well, depending on how long you stay for afterwards. But um, thank you so much for joining us and being here this morning. Um, just to say, if any, I, I know that one or two people asked me about Missions Globes, which are money boxes which we use to just put change in. Uh, to give money to Elim Missions. We have got a couple of those globes upstairs, so if anybody wants one of those, have a quick chat with me at the end and we'll make sure we find one. And also, we were recently privileged to be able to host um, an event here for Scripture Union. They hosted one of their meetings here and we will be, they'll be hosting some other things here in the future. Um, But they left with us some free devotional books, some some resources, uh, and they start today, 1st of October. So um, those are available. Um, They'll be, we'll put them on this table. There's two Different devotional books starting from today, so those will be available for you. Uh, We first come, first serve. Once they're gone, they're gone. So if you want to get one of those at the end, please do. Well, we have been uh, on a journey over the last few months um, now talking about biblical characters and we've been looking at these uh, individuals from the scripture, the pages of scripture, some of them that would be very familiar and we might call them bible heroes, Uh, some of them would be less familiar, we may uh, sometimes refer to them as unsung heroes and we've been trying to uh, glean something from them and the heart of what we've been trying to glean from the stories of these characters is the simple fact that they are ordinary people with an extraordinary god god is able and does work through you and me uh, for his glo- for his good purposes and for his for his glory uh, and and sometimes we uh, naturally think, why would God look to uh, involve me in something? Why would God look to involve me in the story of what he's doing on the earth? And as we look through these characters, we turn the pages of scripture time and again. The word of God tells us, why not? Why not you? If you make yourself available and if God uh, is able to work through you, then why would he not involve you in what he's doing? The Bible stories are ordinary people serving an extraordinary God. And to my great relief, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise and the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God works in different ways than the world around us. He works in different, his economy is different to the one that is in the world around us. And God, God is, with God's good pleasure to work through you and me in our foolishness, in our weakness, to see his plans and his purposes fulfilled. Amen? And we want to be at the heart of what God would say. Right, here is a orthodox picture of today's character, Um, but probably a slightly more helpful clue, which is going to help some people reveal their age, is going to be whether they remember a shampoo called Timote. Does anybody remember the Timote shampoo? Yes, it's no longer. In, I didn't even realise it. I haven't used shampoo for a while. Um, I only need to use shower gel on the top of my head these days. But um, uh, I didn't even realise you can't. Apparently, in, in certain parts of Europe, you can still get this shampoo. But hands up, who remembers this shampoo? Yeah, okay, there's a clear age split in the room. I can see that going on. Um, but this was part of, those of us of a certain generation, uh, th- this, this, um, this branding was very, was very familiar to us. It was one of the most famous shampoos. And this shampoo, the re- it got its name from a type of grass. Now, I know that, Eli- that um, Aberystwyth University is big on grass, so I'm hoping there's some experts in the room. There's different uh, things that, uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Brian, not that... Not that, not that. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 that's a distraction. Okay. Um, they develop lots of different kinds of glassweth, which means new hay in Welsh, which means um, the green grass that we see outside on our lawns. So, didn't think that through, did I? Um, I'm hoping there's some experts in the room, though, that might be able to 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 name a type of grass that this shampoo was named after. It's really not very difficult to work out. Can anybody think of what this is? Timothy grass. Very good. Timothy. So, the reason I'm looking at Timothy this morning is continuing a journey over the last couple of weeks. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Edoria encouraged us with the son of encouragement, Barnabas, and I thought whilst he was talking, I really need to carry uh, this journey on. I need to talk about Paul next week. So, uh, we talked about Paul last week, and now we get to uh, talk about possibly the most obvious of the people that Paul invested in and uh, helped and discipled and that is uh, the person uh, that in scripture is called Timothy. Um, let's begin by reading from Philippians in chapter 2 uh, where Paul talks about Timothy. This just gives us a little picture of the man that we're talking about this morning. Let's read these words together. If you can see them clearly enough and you're able to, please read with me. If you can't, please don't worry. That's absolutely fine. Or if you prefer not to, no problem. Okay, let's go. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself. Because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. Lord, help us to understand and unpack and apply your word in our lives. Amen. So we see what kind of regard Paul holds Timothy. Paul, who we talked about last week, who's, who's written uh, large portions of the New Testament, who has shaped theology and shaped the Christian faith around the globe, planted churches across uh, different parts out, within, outside of Jerusalem. And we see how he regards Timothy and how he is invested in him and how Timothy has proven himself to be like a spiritual son to him. We looked at how Barnabas invested his time, trust, and and teaching in Saul, who uh, we often uh, know as Paul. And we see that Paul did the same for a number of young men, including Titus, Sylvanus, and here we are talking about Timothy. And Timothy served Saul and the churches wholeheartedly and served in the work of the gospel. There are a few other things uh, in the, in the pages of Scripture that we find out about Timothy. The first thing which is interesting is that Timothy had a mixed race background. Timothy, his uh, mother's side of the family were Jews and the uh, father's side of the family were not Jews. So he had a mixed race background. He was uh, both a Jew and a non-Jew. We see that in Acts 16, which is when we first hear about Timothy when Paul uh, talks about coming across him. Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. Now, this background did create some complication in terms of identity and acceptance for Timothy. But it also gave him what I would describe as a specialist role in being able to bring the gospel to the whole world and to serve Paul uh, and, uh, and the sharing of the gospel that they, that they preached together. Uh, and it opened up u- unique opportunities and doors. So Timothy was a strategic choice for bringing the gospel to both the Jewish and to the Greek communities. And as we carry on that passage, we find the, these, this lovely little phrase, the believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Wouldn't you love that to be something that was said about you? Uh, he was spoken well of by the believers. Uh, and being spoken well of by others should not be our goal. It shouldn't be what we are trying to achieve and what we are trying to aim. It should not be our all-encompassing passion and desire to be spoken well of by others. Because when you're doing the right thing, sometimes you're not spoken well of for doing the right thing. And we see elsewhere in Scripture, we see elsewhere in Timothy's journey, we see in Paul's journey, we see certainly in the journey of Jesus Christ that saying and doing the right thing doesn't always lead to being spoken well of. But... In this scenario, we can see and we can understand that it can be a good thing. What might you like to be said of you? Pause and think about that for a moment. What things would you like people to reflect on and say when they think about you? Well, Timothy's name means God-honoring. And that was a good name for Timothy. According to BehindTheName.com, Timothy is the English form of the Greek name Timotheos, meaning honoring God, derived from Timaeo, meaning to honor, and Theos, meaning God. I would hope and desire that with all of my weaknesses and all my failures and one thing as a pastor, I regularly um, p- promise you is that there'll be times when we let, we, we let you down and that there'll be times when uh, we are, we, our imperfection comes through. But what I would love us as the people of God, what I'd love Elim Aberystwyth uh, as a church to be able to have people say is that they're people that, that honour God. They're people that want to see God's purposes and plans and, and they... And they, they, they honor God and and I wonder if that's something we can all ask that might be said about us but as it goes on and carries on in Acts 16 verse 3 it says Paul wanted to take him along on the journey so they circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area for they all knew that his father was a Greek the story just got a little more painful now, we are looking as a church to develop um, some discipleship tools and pathways in the life of Elam Aberystwyth. We're, we're wanting to... <laughs> some of you already read along. Um, we're wanting to to, to uh, help define a little bit what it is to, to grow in, in, step by step, in journey of, of following Jesus and, and to do that alongside others and how we develop that. And I want to reassure you that circumcision is not currently part of the deal for joining yeah yeah you can um but the point about this story is when you read it when you read back in fact I'm going to just skip back up to it he circumcised him because of the Jews Timothy was willing to go through that and Paul was willing to put his friend Timothy through that for the sake of others so that's the great challenge in this passage not whether we're going to And sometimes when we read scripture, we can, and if we read a scripture, one verse on its own, we could, people probably have read that verse on its own and thought, well, that's what we should all do. But the point is not, about the act that took place there, it was the heart behind it. And what's we ne- what we're needing to do when we, is to draw out the heart and the meaning behind a scripture. And so this is a good example. What's the thing that we learn from what uh, Paul and Timothy chose to do in this situation? Not that we should do the same thing, but that we should be willing to do that which is necessary to share the message of the gospel with those who we're trying to reach. And so Timothy and Paul were willing to do that in order to open the door for the gospel to a whole group of people that would have found it more difficult to receive the the message of truth that they had to share if they hadn't gone through that than than because they have. Does that make any sense to anybody this morning? So are we willing to make difficult choices for the sake of the gospel? I can't see myself ever asking somebody to make that particular choice. But we are all asked by God at times to make difficult choices, to lay down our own preferences, our own desires, our own comfort for the sake of bringing the truth of the gospel to people who so desperately need to hear that there is hope, there is life, there is joy, there is peace. If we look to Jesus, if we surrender our hearts and our lives to him and we receive all that he has for us, then it unlocks all those things. That's a message that people need to hear this morning in our communities and in our families and in our workplaces. So are we willing to make difficult choices, very challenging and very challenged by that myself this morning as I see what Timothy was willing to go through. We do get some further insight into Timothy's background and heritage uh, from other parts of Scripture. And his faith and his character had been shaped uh, by his godly mother and grandmother. Uh, We'll read about that in just a second, but I just want to encourage us to faithfully invest in our children and our grandchildren in faith for their futures. And it is challenging. It's not always easy to do that. And it's not always easy to see what God is doing under the surface. But I love that word that came this morning about knowing that God is always at work. What a brilliant um, thought that Marvin gave. That You can see God's providence in hindsight, but when we're in the middle of going through a situation, it's hard, isn't it? And we want to see God's hand over our, uh, blessing our families. Amen? For generations and generations. So let us faithfully invest, just as Timothy's mother and grandmother did 1 Tim, 2 Timothy and chapter 1 which is where we'll find ourselves for the rest of this morning um uh, in the book of 2 Timothy which was uh, possibly uh, Paul's last communication that we uh, chronologically that we that we have access to um uh, and he's 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 writing to invest in this man Timothy and he says this i am reminded of your sincere faith which was first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Paul called upon Timothy's faith heritage to remind him who he is. Timothy must have needed to be uh, reminded with the challenges that he was facing, which we'll understand a little bit more of in a, min- in a moment with the, with, with the people he was seeking to lead, Timothy needed reminding who he was and what his heritage was and what he had been taught from a young age. And Paul had seen uh, with intimate knowledge how Timothy had been invested in by his mother and his grandmother. He'd seen it himself. He'd witnessed it for himself. It's possible that Paul knew this family as a whole and had seen the way that God had weaved Timothy into uh, that, that knowledge of, of who God is uh, and the value of a grounding in scripture cannot be overstated the value of what it means to talk about scripture to have it um, embedded in your life and is something I, I would love to do to have done more of in my own life and in the life of my family and hey we can start today can't we if we feel the same The value of grounding ourselves in scripture cannot be overstated. But Timothy needed that encouragement and reminding of who he was in God's purposes. It goes on to say, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit of God, uh, the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Paul had been encouraged in his journey and through all of his trials, and he'd been spurred on by Barnabas and others. And now Timothy is here encouraged, urged, and reminded of the Spirit of God that is at work in him. But notice that the responsibility is with Timothy. Paul says, Timothy fan into flame. Take responsibility. You know that when I laid hands on you, when I prayed with you, when we prayed together, when we were on our missionary journeys, when we served together, when we were side by side, we saw the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And you have that Holy Spirit inside of you. Doria encouraged us this morning. The same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is alive in us if we've come to uh, that knowledge of Jesus Christ and have His Spirit living inside us. We've sung about it as well this morning. So I encourage us to take these words of Paul seriously on our own, into our own hearts. Fan into flame the gift of God that is within you. And if you're not sure, if you know that you know that that Holy Spirit is in you, then we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to lay hands. We'd love to uh, uh, make sure that we have that assurance of the Holy Spirit living in us. But the responsibility here is on Timothy. Timothy, fan into flame that gift of God that is in you. And that spirit gives you not a spirit of timidity, but of power and sound mind. That's the Spirit of God at work in our lives. And then he encourages him to stand up for the truth of the gospel, to be brave, not to be intimidated, not to be pushed back, not to be pushed down by the trials that he is facing and the difficulties before him. And when we stand for the truth of the gospel, we live in the power of God. That came through in the words that were shared this morning as well. We stand for the truth of the gospel. We live in the power of God. You might think that if we live in the power of God, then everything should go well. It doesn't always go well. It doesn't always go well. Jesus walked in the power of God. He walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he ended up having to lay down his own life for you and me so that we could be forgiven of our sin. He took our sin upon his shoulders so that we could be free and walk in that freedom and that victory of the resurrection life that then took place as he rose from the dead. But it cost him everything. And when we stand for the truth of the gospel, we may not see the immediate positive impact, but we cannot help but be blessed by God in the eternal picture of how things work. And we too need encouragement and reminding of who we are in God's purpose. And if you need reminding And that's really what this series is about. If you need reminding of who you are in God's plans and purposes, then the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit are the keys to understanding who we are in Him. Encouragement that we bring one another through these. But really, these are the things that Paul is turning Timothy's attention to. To be reminded of that deposit of the words of truth, the words of Scripture that he had had invested it in by his mum and his grandma and then to be reminded and to take responsibility to, for fanning into flame the gift of God, the Holy Spirit that was in, within him. So we need to do the same. We need to get hold of the Scriptures. We need to make the Bible part of our daily routine. And it's so easy these days in some ways. I know it's not easy, but it's easy. The resources are there. The Bible app, the Version Bible app, so helpful, just the daily refresh, the daily word with a, with a little devotional and a, and, a, and a guided prayer time, even if it's just beginning to get that into the routine of our morning or our, our evening before we settle down. If you're anything like me, it's easier to spend time scrolling through some kind of social media than it is to scroll through the pages of Scripture. Anyone else? And then we look and we think, oh, whew, half an hour. Oh, dear. Just spent half an hour laughing at funny videos or whatever it is that catches your attention. And yet the challenge of trying to craft that kind of time in the word of God. But let's do it, church. Let's rise to the challenge. Let's be reminded of the truth of Scripture, how important and valuable it is to us. And fan into flame the gift of the Spirit that is within us. Goes on to say, Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. I think that God speaks to us all in different ways, and He's spoken to us all about different things, and He works uh, his, his voice into our hearts and our minds in different ways for different people. But I, I want to encourage us to treasure whatever God has spoken to you. To as it was said of Mary, she, she hid these things in her heart. She treasured the things that, the God, that God has spoken to her. And as you treasure that which the Lord has entrusted to you and walk in the strength of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to be more of who God wants you to be and do more of what God wants you to do. In terms of the context here, Paul is encouraging Timothy from his prison cell. Paul is imprisoned. And this is why he's saying, don't be embarrassed about the testimony of Jesus. Don't be embarrassed about the fact that I've been imprisoned. Stand for the truth of the gospel despite those things. And Paul encourages Timothy from his prison cell in order that Timothy might be true to what he has been taught. Paul is wanting Timothy to resist the temptations and the um, the, the challenges to the truth of the gospel that he has entrusted to him. Not only that, though, but he is preparing Timothy to ensure that the legacy that Timothy leaves is also healthy and right and good. As Barnabas is invested in Paul, Paul has invested in Timothy, and now Paul is saying, Timothy, invest in those. Invest in the right people. Entrust this message to the right people so that the truth may prevail. And he teaches and he encourages um, people with that same message. Let's read about this in 2 Timothy in chapter 2. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Paul is beginning to bring uh, his letter, his letter around, he's beginning to conclude some things, and he's talking to Timothy about making sure that he entrusts his message into the hearts and the minds of others, making sure that legacy, that truth of the gospel, because Saul had had the Damascus experience of seeing Jesus for himself. He had encountered the gospel uh, and been part of that early journey of the church spreading around, and then just like it always does, different gospels try and creep in, different messages try and corrupt the, true, the truth of God's word. And Paul is saying, hold tight and make sure you entrust the truth of God's word to reliable others who will continue the message and continue the legacy. And then as Paul's letter and Paul's life, uh, we think, begins to draw towards a close, he explains the value And the purpose of God-breathed scriptural truth. And in doing this, he centers the story of scripture upon salvation in Jesus. And Timothy is urged to continue in this. 2 Timothy and chapter 3. Continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. Jesus it all points to Jesus the scriptures that Paul is talking about are the Old Testament scriptures the law and the prophets the Torah and the prophets and he's saying Timothy these scriptures are able to bring you wisdom for salvation in Christ Jesus it all points to him. The scriptures bring us to Jesus. A few years ago we did a series that we called Christ BC and we spent a very long time looking through pages and stories from the Old Testament and understanding how it all points to Jesus. It brings us to him. He's the focal point of history. He's the focal point of creation. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords and the scriptures help us To find him. And he says this to Timothy. All scripture is God breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Does anybody know what this picture is? It's a plumb line. Very good, yeah. It's a plumb line. Um, On Tuesday morning in our prayer meeting. um, This plumb line. uh, The idea of a plumb line was, was mentioned. A plumb line is a line. That has one end of a uh, at one end has a weight, such as what that is called a plumb bob. And it's usually um, used especially to determine verticality. So making sure a line is straight. And this verse about all scripture, scripture being God breathed has become an extremely helpful guide and a plumb line to Christians for the last two millennia. As we prayed on Tuesday morning, Marian had this picture of a plumb line, and it was about God's word being our unchanging standard. Amen? Amen. And in the world around us, there are all kinds of things that would battle to swing that plumb line over here or over there or rip it down. But that plumb line of God's word remains. And it is the truth that we can hold to. Question for us, as that plumb line remains straight, is do we need to realign ourselves? The reason a, uh, a work person will use a plumb line is so that they can make sure that everything else is as it should be around that. And that's how we should treat God's word in our lives. We, we want to make sure that everything fits around that standard and that truth and that unchanging line. Do we need any realignment? And what are we doing to ground ourselves and to ground others in the word of God. And so finally, as we get to uh, the last section of the, of the letter here to Timothy, Paul asks Timothy to come to him ASAP. Please come and visit me. Uh, he, and, and he warns him about certain people that would seek to uh, move the plumb line. And change the message and and mess with the message of the gospel that he has received from Paul. And he goes on and sends personal greetings from and to others. We can't definitely confirm whether Timothy managed to make it to Rome, which is where Paul was in prison in time. We don't know definitively. there There are theories about it. We don't know definitively. Some would say it seems that he did and others argue not so sure. But we do know this. Timothy continued to share the gospel legacy of Paul. The truth, the word of God, the gospel was continued and it continues today. And we are doing our best as a church, as as believers, as individual followers, we do our best to try and align ourselves with the truth of of what God is saying and trying not to be swayed by everything else that's around. And uh, later... Or elsewhere we see in the letter to the Corinthians, Paul talks of Timothy again. And he says this, For this reason I have sent to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with that, with what I teach everywhere in every church. When Timothy comes, see to it that he has nothing to fear while he is with you, for he is carrying on the work of Of the Lord, just as I am. Timothy was an ordinary person, inspired by others and empowered by the Holy Spirit, who created a remarkable gospel legacy, and so can you and I. We want to be those people who carry on the work of the Lord, doing what he calls us to do and sharing his message and his good news with the world around us so that they can then carry on the work of the Lord. And that's how, 2,000-ish years later, this gospel is still transforming people's lives and taking them from darkness into light. And the church of God is being built. And the, death, the, the, the gates of hell are not prevailing against it because we build upon Jesus Christ, his word, his truth, and what he reveals to us. So God chooses you this morning. God chooses you to carry on his work. Don't rule yourself or others out because of family identity. Don't be timid with the gospel, that should say, gospel truth. And don't rely upon your own strength, but rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit. Do be willing to make difficult choices, even uncomfortable choices. And give your life for the sake of the gospel. Do fan into flame the gift of God, the Holy Spirit within you. And do be encouraged by and be an encouragement to others. Let us pray. First people I want to pray for this morning would be those who want to receive more of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Just as that idea of Paul encouraging Timothy to fan into flame the gift of God in him. Just for you, that may be the thing that you need to do today. Fan into flame that gift of God within you. So if you'd like to know more of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, I just invite you to to open your hands out in front of you, just in a, in a posture of receiving. Because it's nothing you can force, it's nothing you can make happen. We just receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if that's you this morning, just while eyes are closed and people are not looking around, please. Just if that's you, just have your hands open. And we say, Holy Spirit, would you come? Fill us afresh, we pray fill us anew. Holy Spirit. Believe in the gifts of the Spirit here at Elam Abarishweth. One of those is the gift of tongues. It's a mysterious gift. The Bible says that it edifies us as we speak, as we allow the, the Holy Spirit to speak and commune with us in that way encourage you now or or some point today if you've never spoken in tongues before maybe just allow God to fan that into flame in you Holy Spirit we, we long for more of you in our lives so we fan that gift into flame Secondly, if you need to align yourself or realign yourself again with the living word of God this morning, you know you've been taking that plumb line for granted and you've you've not stuck to it. Just right now in this moment, say, God, I come afresh. I realign myself with you. I want to be lined up with your truth and live for you. And finally, those of us that need boldness, not the kind of boldness that I don't need Timothy for but the kind of boldness that would give us the urgency to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people who so need to hear it to do whatever it takes for the gospel Father we pray that we would not be ashamed of the gospel that we would not be ashamed of you that we would not be unaware of the urgency with which people need to hear the message of the truth of Jesus Christ. Equip us and enable us and strengthen us with boldness to do that which you called us to do.